Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Just a final point on the talking about the breaking. I had the opportunity to have a chat with Dane Cameron yesterday, and I asked him, you know, over the course of the development of the Porsche 963, what has been the biggest kind of step change? Because obviously developing uh, a new race car can be really tedious, for one word, or it can be really frustrating. But you, sometimes you get these eureka moments where you really make that leap forward. And I asked him what that was for them, and he said definitely the braking. He said it's been a lot of, of work to get used to the brake-by-wire system and try to get the pedal feel for the driver to be a little bit more natural feeling, to be more what they've been accustomed to throughout their career. And that was, that's where he said we really made a big step with uh, the braking there and, and getting it to feel more natural as well. So it's really interesting, though, that some of the drivers just taking a bit of time to, to kind of adjust their driving style as well. The Acuras have really made a break. After Delatraz got past the Porsches, he's really managed to reel in uh, Colin Brown and actually going to make a lead move for the lead here as well. Colin Brown defends as they come out of turn two down towards the International Horseshoe going past the Brule Kelly Moss number 92 Porsche that's the one with the Buddha on the front and Delatraz I tell you what well Wayne Taylor says we're going to go easy he says oh we're trying to stay on the lead lap well we're going for the lead of the race the Konica Minolta Acura hunting down the uh, Sirius XM uh, Meyershank racing with Carbagajanian Kar- Colin Brown and two drivers here that really deserve this top level opportunity Colin Brown his father Jeff is, is here uh, part as a uh, supportive dad but also as uh, crew chief or, or working on the pit wall with actually the car that leads LMP2 at the moment the 04 CrowdStrike car run by APR Ian McCarthy makes a good point at IMSA Radio alright we've had three uh, full course cautions not the <laughs> four that I tried to uh, give us earlier on uh, but we have got fantastic racing at the front of the field so what, have, what on earth are the two hour 40 minute races oh, going to be like later 100 minutes at Long Beach oh, oh well, 100 minutes at Long Beach is <laughs> I, I, I can't even begin we've got the 12 hours of Sebring to come of course for the 36 hours of Florida that is the week of St. Patrick's Day 17th of February excuse me 17th of March and we'll be bringing you that again live and exclusive also adding the WEC there at Sebring as well where we'll uh, bring you all of the action from the WEC every single session live and free are we, are, we, are we watching the end of the race here? <laughs> Blue Teletras trying to hang it around the outside of Tom. Um, There's a Tom, point of Colin made Brown. Here. He's made it work. He's made it work. Louis Teletras has just gone right around the outside of Colin Brown at no traffic involved, going around at the International Horseshoe. That's a stunning move there. Unless somebody's been on the phone. <sighs> And, tell him, uh, uh, and telling, telling him not to fight at this point. Uh, possibly, possibly. Mm. Uh, I think Louis Delatraz might get a call oh, now also <laughs> the two, that one. Also, the two Porsches have swapped as well. Swap positions, seven now ahead of eight. Matt that, Campbell ahead of Chamonix. Chamonix just had a, ran on a touch at turn one, and that gave his, uh, that gave his former teammate, of course, but they were both champions together for FAF in GTD Pro last year. Matthew Chamonix just ran a little bit long, and Campbell got underneath him. Uh, and they give each other good good racing room, of course. Don't be, uh, don't write, don't really uh, uh, underestimate these Cadillacs, though, as well. Alexander Simmons, Scott Dixon, they're just lingering a couple of seconds behind the Porsches. I wonder if they're going and they're doing maybe a bit of fuel saving game because if there's one thing that Scott Dixon. Uh, of his incredible repertoire of skills, fuel saving is where he's just absolutely a demon in that zero one car or indeed any race car he gets into. Tom Parker makes a good point that at the early part of that run, when uh, the number sixty got caught, Colin Brown was caught and was seemingly fighting a little moment as we've got the six Porsche in. Remember, he didn't take tyres at the last caution, and the last and the two Porsches. Did and in fact, we've got a Porsche in the pit lane with Shea Adam. Yeah, Matt Chapman bringing the car in, he will be staying in because Dane Cameron taking over for this car. And they are giving Dane four sticker tires, so clearly they like it to give him the new Michelin. Waiting on the pool to be put in, the 
tire change is done. The car is dropped off the air jacks. Driver change still being completed, but they still have the fuel probe attached, so no time being lost as of yet. Cleaning off the windshield, not doing a tear-off, not taking one of those precious ones away as of yet. Again, still waiting on the fuel probe, though, so no time being lost as the brakes are steaming. They've been working hard out there, and let's see. Out goes the fuel probe. Now, Dane wasted no time getting back into this race. He hasn't done a race since uh, the 12, 24 hours of Le Mans back in June. Welcome back to racing, Dane. I have to say, those purple uh, Dane Otis lights at the front of that Porsche look absolutely brilliant when it comes into the pit lane. And they have a very recognisable headlamp design and placement on those cars. They are very low down uh, and they are doubled up uh, to be able to see forward and, uh, and throw their light forward. Now, here they don't need the light. Uh, at Sebring, they will. Um, they will need the light at Sebring when we're there in March. Haven't booked your tickets yet. You should be thinking about doing that. And next time, next time around, I another pit stop. And Shea Adam, that's... Oh, I thought that was going to be the other Porsche, Shea. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed. Yeah, it's actually an Acura and a Cadillac. The yellow 01 has come in for Cadillac Racing and the Wayne Taylor Racing number 10. That is the blue one. Sorry, WTR Andretti number 10. The Koenig Minolta Acura is also in is the BMW. Uh, that's one with the purple in the grill, so that would be the number 24. Waiting on the fueling to finish for the 01. I did not see a tire change for the WTR Andretti Mobile, so I might be wrong about that, but I don't even see any old tires being brought around for that car. As first going is Louis Delatras with the number one on the side, still waiting on the number zero one. And yes, as John rightly reminds me in my ear, they took tires during the caution, so they would not need a new set of Michelins. Let's see who's going to win out this one. It is Scott Dixon leaving well before the BMW as we also are anticipating the 02 for Cadillac Racing and the 31. The other Cadillacs in the field are due this lap. So all the action at uh, Shea Adams ends. Uh, also plenty of pit lane penalties. Uh, to report for you today as well. JDC Miller Motorsports and their Decane. Pit lane speeding 13 kilometres. That's not just a drive-through. That will be a stop and go. So stop through, the, through into the pit box uh, and to the penalty box and then restart down into turn one. The uh, two Porsches. No, this uh, the, is... Uh, the, car number six this could this is to put Dane Cameron a lap down okay Colin Brown is going to be due a pit stop any moment but Colin Brown is right behind Dane Cameron here Dane Cameron just hanging on to the lead lap after that stop runs a little bit wide of course his tyres will still be coming up to proper operating temperature there for Dane Cameron yeah and also we have a stop of course just this is this is absolutely what we were expecting because coming out of the pits Matt Campbell overtook Colin Brown the, the 60 car hasn't stopped yet and Matt Campbell has just gone through and taken the lead for Porsche Porsche leads ah, at yes. Daytona International Speedway Porsche leads at Daytona International Speedway for the first time one of the Porsches has led uh, excuse me they led one lap earlier on on the pit stop cycle but that was a pass for the lead on pace for Matt Campbell in that number seven car. That's really interesting. It's a, my, a completely my mistake there. I didn't notice the number seven had gone past as well as uh, Dane Cameron trying to stay on the lead lap as well after his stop. But Colin Brown should be in any moment. But uh, interestingly, with a little bit of clean air in front of him, Matt Campbell just push hit the afterburners and Col Colin, really chased Colin down. Colin Brown's on the end of a double stint. Matt Campbell's on the end of a single stint. Uh -huh. Yeah, so let's remember this this tire disparity yeah. there. Uh, and Shea Adam will watch them both come into the pit lane as they do. Well, the Porsche's in. Oh, and the uh, Acura following it in, Shea. The Acura is a driver change. Simon Pagano climbing aboard. Have to say, watch the Cadillac stop. They're very cumbersome to get in and out of the Cadillacs, whereas Simon Pagano just slipped right in like an eel to the Acura. Colin Brown getting out. Uh, 
so, sort of reluctantly by his body language, but Yolan tires for Simon. Further up the pit lane for the Porsche, it looks like Matt Campbell has stayed aboard. They've done fuel. I uh, don't see any new Michelin tires or any old ones, I should say, around the side of that number seven Porsche just waiting on the refueling. And then he'll be sent back out. Is the Acura going to get moving first, though, because they hit their box first? Yep, there we go. Acura is going to fire into life. Now, couldn't care because of the traffic, but the Porsche is well and truly ahead. 31 lap stints for Matt Campbell and Colin Brown last time around. They are the longest GTP stints of the race so far. As the, the, There was a few laps of yellow in that. They did 30 laps full green earlier on. The number seven car has stayed out three laps longer than its teammate and so a little bit of uh, trial and error here uh, by the teams not trying to be too clever huge amount of wheel spin coming off the uh, pit lane speed limiter which is uh, on the run down to turn uh, number three the international hairpin and Colin Brown now trying to get up the speed Matt Campbell uh, beat him out of the at pit lane and it was the Porsche who laid down the Michelin rubber now that's Simon Paginot now behind the wheel on brand new tyres now Simon and Elio were telling me in the cold of the night if it does get cold don't think he, 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 I actually said what am I going to see he said you're going to think we've got a problem on the outlap you are going to think we've got a problem we're going to be going that slowly that we'll be getting passed by all kinds of things. And Pagano now is going to have to keep an eye in his rear-view mirror as he gets up to speed. He's on the banking now, trying to get some heat in the Michelins, but you don't want to overwork them early on. He's got to at least double-stint these tyres to get into the evening. We are heading towards official sunset in four minutes' time for over 13 hours before sun comes up. It's uh, almost a quarter past seven tomorrow morning. Peter McKay. Cor Corvette racing in from the lead of GTD Pro. Jordan Taylor hopping out of that car. It was Antonio Garcia that started it um, as well. Full service, of course, is with the driver change. That was Joe Bradley's uh, end of things, is it? No, it's shit. Shea Adams uh, ends things. Sorry about that, John. I just hopped over the wall to uh, chat with Colin Brown, and then he went up to debrief, so lost him. Uh, yes, it is full service for the Corvette as they are doing fuel tires, and Tommy Milner, birthday boy, installed behind the wheel of this number three Corvette. Boy, that's funny to say after so many years of... <laughs> that was a better burnout than what Jordan had done earlier. I really appreciate the Corvette racing boys doing uh, good burnouts to try and entertain us. Let's go down to Joe Bradley. He's just had the LMP3 leader in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all very close in all of our classes and equally so in the LMP3 class. We've just had the number 33, Sean Creech, car in, followed very, very closely indeed by the 36. They're kind of uh, garage neighbours and uh, both cars uh, were serviced very, very readily. Uh, we saw a driver change on the 33. Jabba Bors had got out. I couldn't tell who got in. Uh, they both left pretty much... Uh, very synchronised, so that battle continues out on track for LMP3 honours. Thanks, Joe, down in the pit lane. Great stuff from Joe and Shea getting all of the scoops as well. Nick Damon will be down there as well throughout the uh, throughout the race. Corvette racing, well, Tommy, Burn Tommy Milner, that was a spectacular burnout, a birthday burnout uh, for, for Tommy. Many happy returns, and uh, great to see him still at the wheel of the Corvette racing number three. Car going slowly out there on oh. the banking underneath us I think it was the windward car oh no and let's see it's gone past the pit entrance that number 57 machine so it's coming out the international horseshoe at the moment what full racing speed looks like well so whatever it was it was brief yes number of car 57 going through the kink now yeah I see the Wayne Taylor Acura going through Wayne Taylor with Andretti Acura excuse me uh going through the kink well so whatever that was has cleared so few a few for everybody sorry <laughs> if i panicked anybody there at uh, winwood maybe he was just slowing down to uh, 
get his dinner order in as he went through. After those pit stops, the, the order in GTP is completely shuffled around. Louis Delatraz leads by 1.8 seconds from Matt Campbell in the number seven uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport uh, machine. So it's Conor Minolta Acura from Porsche Penske Motorsport. Then in third is Alexander Sims in the Whelan Engineering Cadillac, but he is 10 seconds behind second place. So there's a little bit more of a gap at the front. Uh, for Meyer Shank Racing, Simon Pagino, uh, 19 seconds off the lead in fourth at the moment with Scott Dixon right behind him in the 01 Cadillac Racing Machine. That's a yellow car uh, in fifth as well. So that, those pit stops really kind of shuffled the order, but I do feel it's going to come. It's going to come back and forth. Of course, Simon Pagino had a little bit of time to take. Uh, Louis Delatraz, our leader, did not take tyres. He was on. His, he's now onto his second stint of tyres. So therefore, he didn't need to warm them up. Therefore, could get back up to speed quickly. Del- no, Del- he did not. Um, having a reporter from the pit that he did? No, because they, they took tyres at the yellow flag. OK. So they're double stinting. So this is the second stint for Louis Delatraz. However, Pagino has put on new tyres and the getting up to pace is, uh, has caused well, him Pagino to, to got drop in, back. therefore gets the, the new boots. De- yes, de-fight. and is uh, taking time to yeah. get them up to order. Yeah. Right, let's catch up with some drivers who've been driving recently out there on the high banks in the infield of the Daytona International Speedway. Joe Bradley is down with Ollie Milroy. Yeah, Ollie, the McLaren, uh, the Optima McLaren number 70, they're brought in in fourth place. So, you know, that's pretty good at this stage. Yeah, yeah, we're, you know what this race is we like. We don't see anything <laughs> here, do we? We're going to exit. Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I didn't know I was in fourth until you just told me. Um, yeah, you know what this race is like. It's survival. Um, I, you know, I probably could have been a bit more aggressive at the restart and we could be second or third, but... What's the point at this stage of the stage of the game? We just need to survive, keep the car in one piece, um, so that we can attack tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully, yeah, we've seen issues across practice, etc., uh, with overuse of curbs. Is that something that's not a consideration at all during the race? Um, I don't think so for us. We seem to be pretty pretty good on the curbs. We've compensated a little bit for ride heights, protect the front splitter. So ultimately, I think from a performance point of view, at this stage of the race, I don't. It's not a you know, it's not going to help us, definitely, but hopefully later in the race we should have a, a front splitter in one piece and t- tomorrow it will, it will make the difference, hopefully. Ollie, I think while you've been in the car, the temperature, the ambient temperature, track temperature has dropped dramatically. Is that something you could tell? Uh, I'm, told, I'm told that's not... I'm told it hasn't. It's, uh, it's just the ambient. I'm pretty hot, so... Like, I know you are. <laughs> um... No, no, not not really. We'll probably see the effect through the night. The track rubbers up as well so much. Like last year was my first year at Daytona, and I really started to understand how the track evolves. You know, a bit like Le Mans. You know, it just grips up through the night. Um, the temperature drops, the new tires start going on the car, and uh, so you know we should see it get a little bit quicker. And with the characteristics of the McLaren, that should come to us a little bit, hopefully. When are you? When will we see you back at the wheel of the McLaren? Um. I think Marvin's in for a double now, and then I think I think I'll be back in. We we want to try and get as many points at the six-hour mark as we can. So, we're, although obviously ultimately we're trying to win this race, we're also trying to win this championship as well. So the six, twelve, and eighteen make it really matters. Thanks, all. James Colato, fresh out of the racy Ferrari. You've been driving not one but two new Ferrari race cars this week. You must be the luckiest boy in the world. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was great to, uh, it's firstly great to be here in America. Um, yeah, the LMA test was, uh, was a nice test. Um, I must say it's a special car to, to drive and Ferrari have obviously got one ambition and you, I can see them working super hard to um, get outright wins and championships. That's great. And then, yeah, going to here, uh, it's a new car, obviously. And um, yeah, we're struggling a little bit, to be honest. Um, in straight line speeds is where we miss um, but you know I'm not really bothered I think it's just a good test of reliability for this car to see where we are uh, for the future of GT3 racing and um, you know this is just a warm up for us um, you know uh, it's just nice to be driving and get some exercise that's all I can say Greasy Competizione won the Michelin Endurance Cup last year you did three of the four races not coming away with the prize that was Daniel Serra and Davide Rigon have you gotten in Rick Mayer's ear at all this week and said, hey, I'd really like to get that this year. Could we aim for it? <laughs> I actually told him I think this year we're going to be buying the watch. 
uh, and not winning it. So, uh, no, I mean, um, it's a learning curve for everyone, of course. And uh, like I said, I'm just driving around having, having a bit of a laugh. I'm, uh, I'm not really bothered. It's, uh, it's just good fun to be in this car. Thanks for the Hi. chat. James Glado there, uh, for Ferrari factory driver, and uh, I'm sure he's, oh, you can hear how excited he is there to get on board the uh, uh, the Ferrari hypercar, which will debut at the Sebring 1000 miles, part of Super Sebring, along with the uh, Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring here in the Weather WeatherTech Championship. In GTD, we've just gone through the cycle of pit stops, so good time to have a look at that. I mean, you got to have a big props to uh, the number 32, Team Kortov Motorsport Mercedes, driven by Maxi Goetz at the moment as well. That's in the GTD category, but right up there fighting with a lot of the pro cars as well as they come through to complete uh, another lap for those GTD machines. So Maxi Goetz actually goes up into the lead just ahead of... Uh, Tommy Milner by 1.7 seconds. Tommy Milner leads the pro category by 6.9 seconds from car number 23, Alex Riberas for Heart of Racing, Aston Martin. Uh, at the front of the field, the GTPs, well, Louis Delatraz has just stretched the gap out a touch to two seconds from Matt Campbell. Uh, so car number 10, Konica Minolta Acura leads from the Porsche Penske Motorsport number seven uh, machine. Uh, Alexander Sims, uh, car number 31, Cadillac, Action Express, 13 seconds. Oh, car off, car, uh, number, uh, car stopped, excuse me. It's the Kelly Moss number racing car. Number 92, Chicane. On the back straight, they've gone straight on there. Yep. And that is the Happy Buddha car. Yeah. Uh, who's behind the, the wheel? Through Brule Skincare Bank Machine. Uh, so he got going, that's good. 19th position, and it is David Brule behind the wheel of that. I uh, didn't, uh, didn't really have much choice, actually, as the... I think that was the... Uh, 88 uh, LMP2 car that's of the F Corsa uh, car. Francois Perodo going yep. up the inside, and I think it just uh, I think it just unsighted David Brule a little bit um, in that uh, machine, the Kelly Moss uh, Porsche. He, uh, uh, it was I think three he, wide into there. I think he took the lesser of two evils in, mm. uh, in pulling it out. Uh, and going through that, not uh, he had to stop because he would have been told by the marshals there to wait mm. until they said it was time to go. So excellent fighting at the front of the field. Yeah, Simon all the pa- way through. Simon Pagano is reduced now that his uh, new Michelin tyres are coming into temperature and pressure. He is flying. Simon Pagano has such an amazing history with the Acura brand and sports cars. I think he really made his name in the United States at the wheel of Acura, particularly 2008 with Deferrin, uh, uh, to the, and uh, 2007 with Deferrin, and then with the Tequila Patron Highcroft team as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, showed what he was worth and has gone on to fantastic things uh, in the IndyCar Championship and keeping his sports car uh, stuff going on as well. So he is now, Simon Pagino, just three seconds off the back of Alexander Sims in third, and he's now only 16 seconds from the lead. He was 20 when he was coming out of the pits on that outlap. So Simon Pagino on the charge, and this, of course, will come back to him when the number 10, Konica Minolta Acura, has to fit tyres at the next stop. That will bring them back down a little bit when they're, of course, having to get back up to temperature. So Simon Pagino and Elio Castroneves, they were absolutely right, John, telling you that those in and out laps are going to be really important. Don't forget, you don't lose any time by putting on tyres uh, in the pits because you can fuel and tyre at the same time. This is not the WEC, it's not Le Mans. It is one of the few things that I disagree with him about, actually. I don't think oh, you should be interesting. putting... Okay. I don't think you should be putting the car up on jacks when you've got a fuel hose in it or dropping it down when you've got a fuel hose in it. Um, I think it should be done separately and also what that does do it gives an advantage to those people who manage their tires better so if you don't need to put an extra set of tires on if you double set a set of tires there's an environmental benefit to it i think you should get a racing benefit for it as well so if you can make your tires last where other people are having to throw extra tires on or you're having to let people make decisions shall we put a new set of tires on Yes, but it'll cost us 25 seconds. Can we make up 25 seconds before the end of this stint, the end of the race? 
Just, I'm just putting that do, out. Do there. we open it up to the collective? Yeah, do you think? Do. <laughs> We've got uh, Patrick Long uh, joining. Well, not joining us. He's the other side of the glass. He's in race control at the moment, uh, having a chat. Oh, off crash in GTP. Zero one, zero one Cadillac, car. driven by Scott Dixon. Off. Oh, multiple car incident. Car number eight, a Tower Motorsport LMP2, off as well. That is at the Western Horseshoe. And that's not the first time that John oh, Ferrano has been John. involved in somebody else's accident. What a bad oh. look for him. Now, it was the fifth-place car at the front of the field. Scott Dixon. Uh, we also did. Cameron had to check up as well. Now, how did that all start? It was the usual kerfuffle. The leaders had got... Ah, it was oh. it was the 60 car that started all that. That was a hip check. Oh, the Orlando-backed uh, LMP3 rammed into the back of Scott Dixon when Scott Dixon was trying to slow down to avoid the spinning John Frano, and then whack, it's the 13 LMP3 the AWA car. AWA, thank you. Sorry, I forgot the team name there. Oh, dear. Scott Dixon didn't do That's all down can. to Simon Pagino. Uh, in the number 60 car. That was the start of that. That was the hip check that uh, started it all. Yeah. Thankfully, we stay hadn't, green. Hadn't cleared John Ferrano. Uh, John is uh, absolutely blameless on that one. And there's damage to the rear of the Cadillac on the right-hand side. The number one car, the zero one car of Scott Dixon. That's the yellow car. That's the... That's the IMSA car for the whole season, let's not forget. Mm -hmm. The blue, too, is not... It's got something odd on the side, CA on the side, rather than its position. Uh, I've not seen that before. Oh, um, well spotted. So th does, what does that mean on the side panel? Um, uh, I can't think of what that would uh, stand for. Well, I think... Come around, I, come I, in. I, I, there's lots of things it could be, but... It, uh, it actually just might be the fact that the number panel is damaged. Yeah, well, so, I think Scott Dixon might have to pit here, you yeah, know, because there's it's a, got, it's a got lot the, of rear damage bodywork. It's got the number six on the other side, so I think there's something uh, awry there. So that car is going to have to come into the pits because it's trailing a huge amount of bodywork, and that's a danger if that gets thrown onto the track. We'll keep a look at that... Joe Bradley has got the AWA car that was caught up in all that as well. Again, blameless from the AWA machine. Yeah, a victim, a victim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. The 13 car taking a new nose section on the front of the car. So that's all that's mattering here. He's been able to top up fuel. And now we get the thumbs up to release the car. Ah, a little bit of a ah, tear off on the windscreen coming off. And now he gets back underway. And considering uh, what could have been... Uh, that's pretty, uh, he got away with that pretty well. Thanks, Joe. Well, Scott Dixon is staying out at the moment. Uh, race control will be looking at that incident and what started it, and also uh, how long can Scott, it's going to fall off, that's going to fall off. We're going to have a huge piece of carbon fibre from the back of that Cadillac falling off. That needs to be in the pits now. That's a danger to other people. We need to see that car into the pitch. Now, they won't call it in unless they have to. They're sitting, they've dropped the position, by the way. Dan Cameron picked his way through there rather nicely and managed to pick up a position. It's hanging on by a thread at the back. I think it's a piece of the undertray, the diffuser from underneath the back of the Cadillac of Scott Dixon. He got rear-ended. Again, not his problem. All started off with contact between the number 60 ARX06 of Simon Pagino and John Ferrano in the tower car. Simon Pagino had not cleared the car he was trying to pass and turned down on him. And that's what spun everything into life over at the Western Horseshoe. Interesting to see what this next lap time is. Last time it was a 1.41, which is about three seconds off the ideal pace. Let's see what this one might be for Scott Dixon. That's if he doesn't come in. We, we haven't seen uh, anything come up on race control calling nope. him in uh, for uh, the black and orange flag, the mechanical warning flag. We haven't had that yet. I'm um, looking down onto so the starter stand to see if there's anything in hand down there. We can see it that from there. They'll put the number up as well if it was to happen. Nope. And that's the old school way of doing it. Of course, good luck being had by the starter there. That's Preston down there on the starter stand at the moment. So he's obviously reporting back to race control about what's going on. Um, the, the, the old school way of putting is putting out the flag and putting up the number board, the illuminated number board nowadays. But of course, the 
teams are in contact with race control and their driver so it, you'd get it coming in 18 laps or so before Dixie's next scheduled stop so yeah. if he was to come in now it would put him off kilter and well but he's let he's lapping at one it was 140 last time by so he is losing time while out there it's very hard to determine how much lap time he is losing uh, as a result of that, I, would, I mean, not, nothing scares Scott Dixon. Now you can, that's for sure. It won't have really rattled him too much. But yeah, it, certainly the last couple of laps, couple of seconds off the pace. So he'll be in, he'll be in direct communication and being, you know, with his IndyCar experience, I mean, a huge amounts of IndyCar experience. He'll be so used to t talking back and forward on the radio, hugely experienced in uh, endurance racing as well. So he's maybe going to kind of run it to the end of the stint. As, it, as it he's coming seem. in. The, the team okay. have made the same. Um, workings out as you and the same deductions as you P-Mac and Scotty Dixon is coming in this time around I think he has to uh, there's a danger of doing more damage uh, uh, as well of course to the back of that car it may have been they just kept him out while they grabbed the right pieces that they needed to bring them to the front of the garage uh, I'm led to believe that spare parts are not endless for these cars No, it is very early in the light in the life of this car Shea Adam is down at that end of the pit lane and waits for the Cadillac of Scott Dixon he's 20th appearance at this race as he jammed on the brakes part of the carbon flared off from the right half of the back and is now sitting in the well, deceleration lane but on the fast bit of the pit entry so that might have to go to a full course caution retrieve that bit it is a rather large piece of carbon they pulled off the old wing and thankfully it looks like all of the damaged bodywork bits were attached to that old wing so this could be a bit of good luck for this 01 cadillac if you will they're putting the new piece on they've already finished with the refueling giving it a little bit more energy to go for the next stint now they're going to tighten up the wing and then send scott nixon back out I take it the fueled that car as well when it first came in here, did they? Yes, they did. Uh, tires? No tires. Okay. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. That's coming up to nearly a minute in the box at the moment there for Scott Dixon. The lap time here for the GTP cars anywhere around 136 to 138 in the race thereabouts. So uh, they'll be looking to try and stay on the lead lap here if they can absolutely help it. But that's going to be a, that's going to be difficult. Car number ten. Uh, Konica Minolta, Acura is your race leader at the moment. And yeah, Scott Dix, that car has dropped off the lead lap. Uh, then 0-1, wow. Chip Gas, Canassi Racing, Cadillac. God, what were we saying about how, oh. the, how the cards but fall for you? you have, your, have your issues early, though. No, ab absolutely. Yeah. Easy <laughs> to get a lap back, relatively yep. speaking, in IMSA competition. Uh, you wouldn't get that at, uh, at Le Mans because you, you don't get the wave buys, etc., Long, longer circuit, different uh, safety car rules, uh, slow zones, etc., etc. But my goodness me, just goes to prove. I'm waiting to see if there's any action uh, taken for the cause of that incident. So I'm going to just spin over to the race control. It is being looked channel. at at the moment, uh, that's for sure. Uh, the race control team, the hardest working team there is. Um, they're just glued to the screens all the time, making sure the race runs smoothly and safely. They do an unbelievably good job of that. Uh, let's touch on the GT cars. Um, at the moment, it is uh, Maxi Goats uh, still leads the, the, the factory Corvette by two seconds. Remember, Maxi Goats is in the number 32 Team Korthoff car, which is a GTD car, green number board. So they have to run a mixed driver lineup. The GTD Pro cars with a red number board, they can run all pros if they wish. Sure, Adam knows these things. I've seen it written down somewhere, but I can't remember other than, other than Johannes van Overbeck, who are the two of the driver standards stewards this weekend? Oh, just a couple of guys who have a couple miles under their belt. Uh, that would be Johannes van Overbeck, joined by Christian Fittipaldi, uh, winner of this race multiple times, and Johnny Unser. Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I did, You're not going to argue see. with that, any of those, are you, really? No, I did see jo Johnny's uh, Johnny's daughter, uh, Lonnie, um, uh, a, few, uh, a few hours ago, uh, who had, had a very successful run at Pikes Peak last year in the uh, Porsche Cayman GT4 in horrid weather, it must be said. Delayed, Absolutely delayed, horrid. Delayed, oh, was, yeah. And then shortened. The run was shortened yeah, uh, last year. The uh, year before. 
Uh, yeah, but they did run the full run, but it was there were so many cars that could have had a great record run, but didn't quite get the chance. But next, that's Pike's Peak, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But Scott Dixon back up to what appears, yeah, full speed now as well on the zero one uh, Cadillac. He's on his uh, uh, on his outlap now onto his first flying lap of what will now be. He'll be they could be off kilter for a while now. The zero one Cadillac. Well, it depends what happens in yellows, doesn't yeah, it? One it does. of our, our Porsche keys to the race was make the yellow work for you, be mellow for the yellows, work those cautions, full lap down now and they've got a bit of work to do and remember as I said that is the full IMSA series car, so that's the car that's uh, scoring points in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the O2, the blue, blue 2, yellow 1, is the WEC car which will be making its debut in that competition on the Friday prior to the in the thousand miles on the Friday prior to the 12 hours, the moment one 12 hours of Sebring, just one point that was brought up earlier on actually that I meant to mention at the time uh, we normally mention it in our Porsche Keys the race as well um, it was uh, it was one of the drivers actually that Joe was talking to mentioned the points at 6, 12 and 18 for the Michelin Endurance Cup, now that is a championship within the championship, it was Ollie Milroy that was talking about that and Inception won the MEC, the Michelin Endurance Cup last year we've also seen uh, Riley run teams be very good at winning that championship as well in their categories so if we see any funky stops just before 6, 12 and 18 we must try and remember that nothing's gone wrong uh, because, yes, yeah, very true. Because Jeremy and I have to keep writing ourselves notes. Now, you might say, what's the point of that? Well, the point of that is it's a championship and you're going to get a trophy at the end of the year and it just requires a little bit of outside-of-the-box thinking and particularly here when you've still got six hours of the race to run, it's not as if you're messing up your strategy to the end of the race. No. So it's, it's a really interesting... It's a really interesting thing that happens. There's, there's points, obviously, at the end of the race uh, as well. So those interim points um, have been what's what made have, have made the difference in the championship yeah. uh, in the last couple of and And of there years. are teams that are doing just the Michelin Endurance Cup races as well. Uh, that might, uh, you know, that, that's worth uh, taking into account. Um, there's several in the GTD field uh, that are like that as well. So that is very much their main championship as Simon Pagino has run down Alexander Sims, he's right on the rear uh, tail unit of that number 31 Action Express uh, Cadillac, so the battle for the, sp uh, the final step on the podium provisionally is very much and truly on, and Pagino has definitely found the, these uh, manuals the uh, Porsche for example, Harley Haywood was telling me earlier that just the steering wheel has a 30 page manual in the Porsche 963, but Simon Pagino has definitely found the headlight flasher button in that number 60 Acura ARX 06. For the most point, that is exactly the same steering wheel that was in the RSR and oh, exactly the same steering okay. wheel that came to the RSR from the 919 prototype. There were a couple of extra things, 14 different switches on that 963 steering wheel, six different sets of paddles. But based, the, the, the GT guys are very used to it now, lots of thumb wheels, different paddles at different areas for shifting, for brake balance, uh, brake bias, etc. The GT guys are exceptionally used to it because it was a very similar steering wheel. Uh, in fact, lifted from the prototype 919 that went onto the last versions of the, the RSR. Some really clever stuff on there. Just, you know, a, a simple thing of having a couple of, uh, a couple of paddles for your forefingers to change your brake bias front to rear going into each corner instead of having to, lots of race cars I've driven you've had to reach down to the transmission tunnel or play with something on the dash in front of you so you set it and you kind of leave it until the tyres are wearing out or unless you get rain you don't move it these guys are used to fiddling with things big big grounding from the number 31 coming into the first corner the wheel and Cadillac was on the ground and defending against Simon Paginot and big sparks, love this time of night, well past official sunset now, and we'll not see the sun again till after 7 o'clock on Sunday morning. 18 minutes past 7 here at Daytona International Speedway. We're live from trackside, the opening 
of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the 61st running of the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. It's uh, Peter Mackay and John Hindoff on the fifth floor, Shea Adam and Joe Bradley down in the pit lane for this particular part of the race. Don't forget, coming up, the Night Owls Night Shift, powered by Sacred Coffee, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern, and that will be Rooftop Ray with some... Uh, fantastic views from right above our heads where the spotters are and it'll be Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones who take that shift in the early hours of the morning taking you through towards that sun rise at a quarter past seven tomorrow plenty of racing to go before them with uh, I sorry I give I said 17 minutes past uh, seven it's actually 17 uh, minutes, 19 hours and 70 minutes to go. It's actually coming up to half past six here uh, in Florida. The uh, number 88 AF Corsa LMP2 uh, has just come in for a pit stop with uh, Francois Perodo hopping out of that car and uh, Julien Canal getting on board as well. Great to have Julien back, a driver with so much. Uh, so much heritage with Labra competition at Le Mans and, and many more. But uh, Francois has uh, is just a quite. He's got an incredible collection of both race and road cars, and uh, he's having a wonderful chat with him yesterday. He's he's, uh, he's bought himself a Toyota GT1, so uh, we're look, looking forward to seeing that back out there. Well, we've had the LMP2 leader in. That's the number 11 TDS Racing Orica in for fuel only. Just fuel and tyres, no driver change there, but the sister car, the 35, Josh Pearson got out of that car and handed the car to a teammate, not quite sure who got in the car. So both kind of synchronised TDS cars uh, coming in, following one another in, but uh, the, the leading LMP2, Mikkel Jensen, I'm being told, has got into the 35 after Pearson has got out. We'll try and get a word with Josh, the youngster, uh, that was his first stint in this race. Kenton Cook, it's always a good day when you get out of a Mercedes and there's a number one on the side of it. That's exactly what you did for Team Cawthorpe. But there was an off-track moment earlier with Mike Skeen. Was the car damaged at all, could you feel, when you got behind the wheel? No, the car's strong. I'm thankful Mercedes built a very strong car to take a hit. So, um, But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's always nice to come out with a number one on the side. But it's early days. Uh, everyone's kind of taking it easy, it seems. Uh, the Corvettes uh, in, in the other class obviously feel saving quite a lot. So when I was behind it, it was just, yeah, it's hard to take any risk uh, there. But, uh, yeah, we're just kind of circulating right now, trying to do the best we can to keep the guys behind us while not taking too much risk. And, yeah, the Korthoff Mercedes is going pretty good. When there is no weak link on the team, what does that mean for the driver rotation? You're not saving anybody because no one's stronger than anyone else. I would say I'm the weak link, <laughs> but no, I, I feel pretty good. I, that It was nice to finally get like a solid, you know, stint in the car to fully kind of get used to things. And um, yeah, I feel good now, um, but it's nice not having uh, someone who's uh, a major weak link, you know. Um, these guys have been really helpful to get me up to speed so I so I can feel good now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 nice when, when there's four guys in the car that can go out and put the car on on uh and rip one that's the best of anyone so uh yeah hopefully hopefully we keep uh, keep it going here uh maxi's in the car and yeah dtm champion is probably not a bad person to follow up after me right yeah definitely not now i've got to ask about the gtp cars because we've been marveling at the speed at which they're passing gt3 cars what's it like from behind the wheel you know it's it's nice they're actually uh, quite respectful um so yeah so long as you you're always consistent where where you position the car and you're predictable they always commit to one side or the other um it's when you start to be un unpredictable where they start to question their moves um yeah so far i mean even com i would say compared to last year uh the, the gtps are you know like they're they're fast in a lot of areas but there's a little bit slower in others i think just because of the weight that's behind the car maybe the mechanical grip isn't quite as good so they're not like just rolling the outside of turn three and five and six, uh, like they like they were last year. Um, so in some respects, it makes the traffic management a little bit easier because you're not having guys go go by you three times on the outside of five before you even get to the exit. Do you get much of a rest now before you have to get back in? 
Yeah, I think I have a few hours. I think I'll get in for the fireworks. And I'll say, it's pretty funny. Like, literally, this is my fourth year uh, doing the 24, and every single year I've gotten the fireworks. So fingers crossed that the fireworks turn into a win, but um, I'll be uh, peeking through the smoke on the back straightaway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it should be fun. We'll keep an eye out for you in the car at that point. Thanks, Kenton. Good luck. Yeah, thank you very much, Jay. A couple of good points uh, coming in on at IMSA Radio. We try to keep on everything, and uh, which is uh, is fine, of course, but we can't have eyes everywhere. So thank you, and please feel free to, to let us know if you uh, notice something and we uh, don't mention it. By the way, I should just say that damage to the back of Scott Dixon's car, that what he... I, I don't think he was hit, actually. I just he was. He was just run off the track? No, he was thumped from the rear ah, by right. the LMP3 okay. car, yeah. um, who, in fairness, had nowhere to go either. And, that, and that's uh, taken a big oh chunk yeah. out of that. Again, neither of those fault. Uh, Tom Firth. Hello, Tom. Thanks for getting in touch with us at NIMSA Radio. Uh, just pointing out Gilles Gounon, up to third in GTD Pro, slowly pulling the WeatherTech car back into contention with regular fastest laps for him. Uh, and Kevin Welling, Kevin heard me talking about the uh, slightly funky, um, slightly funky tactics potentially at 6, 12 and 18. Um, I was talking about the front of the field in GTP. LMP2 and LMP3 are only getting MECP MEC points this weekend, Michelin points this weekend. This is not a round of the regular championship for them. Um, in in consultation with the P2 and P3 teams, they didn't want to feel that they, quote-unquote, had to do the 24-hour race because it's a big expense, but they still wanted it there uh, if they could make the business case for it. So no regular series points here, but it is a part of the Michelin Endurance Cup. Uh, a good business opportunity, perhaps, put another driver or two uh, in the cars. But for LMP2 and LMP3, not a part of the championship. For GTD, GTD Pro and GTP, part of all the championships, including the overall IMSA WeatherTech Championship. And Kevin, thanks for making that point. Uh, it's, uh, Super it's point. a good point to make. Super point. Also, I, I think it, it really works from the financial side because you're, you're dealing with a customer, uh, customer programme. Uh, but also I think it helps from a competition side as well because, you know, if you're a full-season entry and there's lots of one-off entries come to, say, just the Rolex 24, uh, you could think you had a great race, but then you've had cars that aren't in the championship taking points away from you. So I think it works all round. I think it's a really good piece of work by IMSA and the teams working together. Uh, and I think, yeah, it really works with, oh. with LMP2 uh, as well. The gap at the front has stayed remarkably steady mm. despite the amount of traffic we have out there. Well, Louis Delitraz for the Konica Minolta Acura just leads by 1.9 seconds from Matt Campbell at the moment. The driver who is charging is Simon Pagino. He was 20 seconds off the lead when he was just, just completed his outlap. He's now only 8 seconds off the lead. That's what we saw early on, in fairness. It mm. stretched out to eight or nine seconds, and then it stayed pretty much at eight or nine, ten seconds when the 60 Acura uh, was in the lead. Uh, interesting uh, warning there for Heart Awake Racing Team in the uh, number 23, failing to adhere to tyre usage regulations. Now, uh, we've seen that the before. Low temperature tyre on too early. The, no, they don't have it. Oh, it's the it's GTPs, the excuse GTP. me, sorry. Um, so... Uh, that might be a wrong set of tyres or it might be the wrong pressures in those tyres. We'll, we've seen it before. We don't normally get any uh, information about that. Down at Turn 1 and 2, we've got a spinner. And it is the Sean Creech Motorsport number 33 in second place for Lance Wilsey in LMP3. He's got it restarted. Turn 1 again being a bit of an action area coming down off the... The banked infield, uh, banked trioval onto the infield. There's quite a, a sharp transition there. And if you get half a car's width to the wrong place or miss your braking point slightly, it's very easy to have a swapper there and go off into the runoff. And that's what looks like what's happened there to Lance. He's fired the car back up and he's moving again. Yeah, it, 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 it can easily happen. We've seen some of the best drivers in the world spin there uh, over the course of this week. Now, an uh, update on that incident between car number 60, Simon Pagino and John Ferrano in the number 8 uh, Tower Motorsports car, car number 60, Smash and Kankin, of course. 
um, it's just a warning. Incident responsibility was handed to the car number 60 of Simon Pagenaud, Marishank Acura, but just a warning. Oof. But of course, that's then hanging over. If something happens again, you know, that's taken into account. So race control saying wow. that incident responsibility was Simon Pagenaud's Marishank Acura. That, there's no but, doubt about that. But no penalty. Okay. But, they might but count themselves fortunate there. I would say so. But that's a bit like that's a bit get, like getting in football in soccer, getting a yellow card in the <laughs> first ten minutes of a really, really feisty game, and you're playing centre half. That means every every single tackle after that's got to be absolutely clean. Every single overtake now has got to be clean. Yeah. Um, they don't add up here, so every incident is taken on its own merits. Um, but they will have to be very careful about what they do in the future. Cannot be cavalier. The drivers meeting this morning saying, as it always does, it is the responsibility of the faster car to make the safe pass. You are not obliged as a car that's being passed, even if it's a GT3 car being passed by a GTP, you are not obliged to pull over and let them by. It's for them to find their way around safely. You shouldn't be weaving around. Stick to your racing line and let them find the way around. They've got more downforce, more power, and probably more experience than you. So they are the ones that have got to make the move. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, coming down, well, we've almost got another hour, so we're coming up to another VP Racing Steer Frosty update. As the time ticks around to 20 minutes before 7 o'clock in the evening here. Sorry, Peter. Still the Acura of Louis Delatraz leading by about four or five seconds. Yeah, so it's stretched out quite a bit. Just after, just as I think, pretty much as soon as I said, oh, it's staying steady. I'm just under two seconds. So Louis Delatraz said, oh, you think so, do you? And stretched it out to 4.7 seconds to Matt Campbell. But we've got three manufacturers in the top four of GTP: Acura, Porsche, Cadillac in there as well, which is fantastic uh, to see. And Simon Pagino continues. In fact, Simon Pagino is going to be on the back of Matt Campbell pretty soon. There's just two seconds behind them, and at current rate, Pagino's the man with the speed at the moment. Yeah, it was a slow lap, a couple of laps ago by Matt Campbell. Lost a couple of seconds and more. Mm. Now, that could have been traffic. We don't want to. Well, it comes and goes. <laughs> well, we don't. Yeah. I said earlier on, and we said many times traffic gives, traffic takes away. You don't want to jump on something and say, oh, oh there's a problem. Uh, and we're also going to have to, particularly later in the evening, be very aware of what is going on regarding cool tyres. Pagano has got past Matt Campbell. So the change for second place has happened. It has happened. Yeah. So Pagano has got past Matt Campbell. So our Matt, is Matt right. Campbell struggling on tyres? They've been, yeah, they've it's been. A out, yes, he's, he's in the last sort of. 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes of his double stint, Matt Campbell. Pagino, his his missions are just coming alive right now. And we saw that ex exactly reversed yeah. at the end of the stint of the tyres for Colin Brown when he before he came in to give the car to Simon Pagino a stint to go. Remember, he lost the lead and we couldn't understand why until we realised that uh, Colin was struggling for grip in the last two or three uh, laps. He managed it very well, he I did. thought, because he didn't drop off a cliff. No. He just, just just a tiny feedback, and no, very well managed there. Uh, I would think uh, Mike Shank could be very pleased with his now, boys Alex, so far. Alex Goldschmidt is asking on IMSA Radio with regards to the two tyre compounds, and as yet, we have not been... None of the teams have been allowed to put the low-temperature tyre on. They're still on the high-temperature tyre, so they have got another 20 minutes before they can put the uh, LTs on, the low-temperature tyres on. However, at the moment, if the HTs aren't lasting, um, is that because they're sliding around too much, or is that because they just can't keep them under them? Two Porsches in together this time, Joe Bradley. There was a three-lap gap last time around. Uh, Nick Dearman is at that end of pit lane. No, no, it's me, John. Okay. Uh, it's me. Um, yeah, the number seven was in first, then followed quickly by the number six. We're having a driver change on the number seven. It's going to be Michael Christensen who's going to jump into the number seven. The number six, however, uh, no driver change going on on the number six. 
No tyres being changed either. Um, and no tyres being changed on the... No, tyres going on to the number seven. It's just no fresh tyres on the number six. So completely different strategies here from the Penske Porsche team. Up at the other end of the pit lane, we've had a stop from the AF Corsa GTD Pro 21 Ferrari. Um, yeah, we heard from James Clado quite recently. That there's, there's kind of a, a let's just do some laps feeling about it as they all feel they're suffering from... Uh, they say development woes or possibly rules woes but either way it was a very good stop again and uh, oh looking back down the pit lane I can see the seven's lights are still shining in my eyes Joe yeah the number seven has not moved we've got a laptop plugged in with a very long lead the number seven Porsche the 963 is still on pit apron the sister car the number six has left a long time ago We've got an overheating, uh, an overheating rear right brake that's smoking merrily, but uh, there's a problem on this car that's within the the brains of the operation on this right. car because we've got something plugged in, downloading data to see what the problem exactly is. Uh, Charlotte Lumley is tuned in uh, from uh, Saudi on the IMSA stream. And Preston gets through the firewall there. Uh, half past two in the morning though over there Lummers we wish you all the best thanks very much for tuning in um, I have to correct myself it was the uh, Triazi competition GTD Ferrari the 023 not the 23 GTD Heart of Racing Aston in the Pro class um, so the, Tria the Triazi Competizione GTD Ferrari, same things apply. There's not two different compounds in that category. So uh, there must have been something a little odd, either out of their, either out of their allowance or out of spec in terms of the car, uh, the, the, the starting pressures on that car. And meantime, whilst I was seeing all that, the number seven Penske. A Porsche Penske Motorsport car has rejoined, but it's dropped now well down and indeed goes out behind Alexander Sims. So has it now dropped off the lead lap? Yes, it has. So there we are. There's another longer pit stop. So that's two of the leading cars that we were looking towards, being the 0-1 Cadillac after that bodywork change and the 7 Porsche that has had have had issues in the pits. Joe Bradley will be um, asking the difficult questions down down there at uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport to see if we can find out what the issue was. As into the pits comes the number ten. That again is at Joe Bradley's end. This is the Conning and Minolta Acura, the leader of the motor race. Joe. Yeah, I'll pop back out. I was on a, a bit of a mission there. Uh, I've also got the 24 BMW that's in in between myself and the Conic and Malaga Acura. And as I say that, it bursts into life off its pit apron and uh, is straight back out. I am assuming, John, that that just took on fuel. What car are you talking about, Joe? Sorry. Number 10. Uh, sorry. I, I, no, I, I, I think they're due, unless this is, they're doing a treble stint, they were due a tyre change, uh, was the uh, number 10. Conica yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a little bit further up the pit lane. I'm still down with Porsche, trying to uh, Pen, Porsche Penske, trying to fathom out. Um, I'll check. I'll check out to make sure that that uh, car is on uh, on that schedule. The number ten, that is. Okay, thanks very much for that, Joel. Uh, great work uh, from all of our pit lane reporters down in the lane. So the hour has gone by. Hazy VP Racing in race update. We'll start this time in GTD and in 25th position overall is the first of GT cars it's one of the GTD standards the caught off Mercedes-Benz AMG GT3 with at the moment Maxi Gertz behind the wheel second in GTD is a pro car it's the number three Chevy Corvette C8R one of the the, the converted GT Le Mans car it's replacement for next year shown off yesterday and sits opposite us in front of the Chevrolet unit in the pit lane third is the number 23 Aston Martin Vantage GT Alex Riberas behind the wheel of the Heart of Racing Pro car next up is the second place GTD with the green number panels that's the 27 
Aston Martin Vantage GT. That's another heart of racing car, Roman De Angelis behind the wheel. The top six uh, made up by the GTD Pro third place car of Jules Gounon, who's just been bringing that WeatherTech AMG up through the field. And he heads a number of Mercedes, actually. Uh, the sixth place GTD, uh, GT car, rather, is third in GTD normal. That's the 75. That is the Sun Energy 1 Mercedes, Lucas Stoltz. And Russell Ward is behind the wheel of the fourth place GTD. We're keeping an eye on that windward car. That's the rebuilt car out on the high banks at the moment. Uh, at GT, uh, LMP3, still led by the number 36. That is the Andretti car. Lance Wilsey in second after one or two issues, but holding on to second place in the 33 stars and stripes. Uh, Sean Creech Motorsport and the top three that is all Ligiers as the 43 Fast MD racing car is third with James French behind the wheel in LMP2 TDS number 11 Mikkel Jensen behind the wheel of that it's James Allen in second in LMP2 behind the wheel of the number 55 and in third place the number 35 of Jupp van Oetert uh, in LMP2 and that is the it's a 35 car in LMP2 Peter it's got the, the, the 35 is the uh, oh no it's that is the car right that was I think was involved in no it wasn't it was the 13 it's car it's the second TDS involved. car well yeah in LMP2 you threw me you threw me <laughs> LMP2 number 35 TDS racing yes uh, by the way, uh, that's our VP Racing Fuels official coolant of IMSA update. It's stay frosty. All the details on the VP Fuel website.